0: What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.
1: Bandwagon Nerds is taped in front of a live studio audience.
2: Again, fellow basement dwellers, nerds of all kind, good people everywhere. It is I, the lawyer Dave Unger, coming to you here today for yet another edition of the podcast known as Bandwagon Nerds. See what I was doing there, Tony? I was kind of leading you down the whole DWI path, and I pulled it away from you right at the end. This is uh episode 126 of bandwagon nerds as we continue to roll along towards 150. I guess that's the next big milestone. We're coming to you here on this lovely Sunday afternoon, which will be kayfabe Monday or vice versa or something like that. Um, Patrick O'Dowd, our fearless leader, as you may have guessed by now, not here. He is actually uh, making some big time money. Bowling perfect games, right, Tony? I think that's what he's got going on. Oh,
0: the cats away the mice shall play
1: (laughs) someone had to get booed
2: yeah i mean you know without ray here on a regular basis somebody needs to be the heel it's got to be patrick since we're just all of us are faces here so um as you heard the man with the operating partially the soundboard here today the one and only pc tunny just fresh off the links and golfed one hell of a game didn't you tunny
0: Ah, uh, it was an up and down round, but I did chip in for Eagle today, so that was nice.
2: I mean, you can't beat that. You can't beat that, really. And and we are also joined by the new, newest regular of the show. I mean, he's 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 been anointed now, anointed as a regular. It is the one and only, the fabled one, Mister Aesop Mitchell. How are you doing, man?
1: Hello, everyone. Um, I actually was two over par on my round of disc golf this weekend. So oh, very nice. I was like yeah,
2: 12 yeah. under on PGA Tour 2K21, but that doesn't really count, I guess. You know, it counts for something. <laughs> Quit
1: using Tiger Woods.
2: <laughs> I, that'd i be much better, probably. But uh, anyway, we are coming to you here today. We got some fun stuff to talk about today. Some uh, some show reviews uh, with Patrick away. Aesop and I have decided that we're going to talk a little Halo. He won't care. You know, Because yeah. we've been watching it, and it and it got very interesting this week. So we're going to talk about that. We got a couple of trailers, I guess, not really, well, kind of trailers that we're going to talk about. One of them has got, obviously, something to do with Multiverse of Madness. We're going to talk that. We got some news around the Nerdosphere to touch base on. Just an overall kind of a plethora of fun little stuff to do. But we're going to kick this off with our Moon Knight conversation. I'm going to get some Marvel music going in here. And we will uh, talk about some craziness going on on Moon Knight in just a moment here. All right guys Moon night episode two dropped this week uh Mark Specter, Stephen Grant, internal conflict within the same person interesting kind of stuff going on. We got to learn a lot more about Kanshu. We got to learn a lot more about a couple other of Egyptian gods, and we got to learn about Mark's wife, Layla. I guess what did you guys think of this one i mean i I love the show. It's all over the place. that's for sure, but it's uh, it's certainly fascinating and a very interesting ride. What did uh, you guys think, Aesop, Start with you. What do you think of episode two, man?
1: Uh, still another kind of slow burn for Moon Knight. You know, and I, I said this last week. The fact that we only have six episodes leads me to feel a little bit concerned that we're not going to get the whole character arc of Moon Knight, or at least as much of a character arc as we'd like. Big shout outs though. We got Mr. Knight this time around as well, which is uh, another one of the identities of one Mark Spector. Uh, and, you know, that's a thing that I, I we mentioned last week, too, is they are really driving this idea that Stephen Grant is the main guy. And they they slightly teased more Mike, uh, Mark Spector this time, but they're really trying to make You know, people know that, you know, Stephen Grant is the guy that's the body and uh, they're not even really mentioning the idea of the dissociative identity disorder. So that's different.
0: Well, they did at the end. I thought the end of the episode kind of brought everything together. Um, You know, like he's kicking the the reflection in so he doesn't have to see it anymore. He's taken over now. They're in Egypt. I mean, it doesn't seem much like Stephen Grant is control of anything at the moment. I mean, Spectre is is in charge now,
2: and not not giving it up. I mean, and that's one of the most fascinating things about the episode is <clears throat> Stephen was not going to give up control to Mark until he absolutely had to. He had to summon the suit to save himself from that fall, and he ends up looking like kind of like a a very dapper version of the mask without the crazy mask. But interesting sort of thing going on. Uh, but yes, yeah, Stephen did not want to relinquish control of of his body to Mark. And and once he does, you can now see that Mark is not about to give control back to Steven anytime soon, if ever. So, you know, you you gotta wonder the internal conflict that he's gonna have as this progresses. And and then you've got, of course, e, uh Ethan Hawk's character who what is his I forget. Arthur Arthur Harrow. Yeah, Arthur. And he's just pulling all sorts of strings and manipulating Steven as much as he can and and and, you know, talking about and, and apparently he was uh Khonshu's original avatar, if you're going to believe that, because he knows exactly what Kanchu's saying, even though he's like, can you hear him? No, I just heard it all before, S- you know. So it, it, and he's obviously he's serving a different God. I forget which God he's serving, but this is all about Ahmet. Yeah. So this is all about trying to get that God in a position of, of power, you know, and we talked about it last week, whether you know, we thought the Egyptian gods were now into the MCU. And that's yeah. obvious after this episode that yes they are um so it's cool yeah at the end they're they're in egypt you know you have a cool fight scene with uh with moon knight and, and another one of these uh these crazy sort of hyena jack or oh, jackal type of creatures that that he fights um just anubis to, it, right anubis yeah just interesting stuff and and i think yeah the best part is man the job that Oscar Isaac is doing, portraying these two characters, and, and just the difference between Stephen Grant with the accent and just being the timid, uncertain, unsure of himself, and then flipping that to the Mark Spector American accent, very sure of himself, probably overconfident to a certain extent. It's very
1: Poe Dameron. Yes, it is. Yeah, I mean, it is It is more or less the same character. Yeah,
2: you know, you're right. It is. There, yeah, there's a lot of Poe in Mark Spector and, and and not obviously not Stephen Grant, that sort of thing. But yeah, where do you so they're in Egypt now at the end of the episode. We're not sure where Layla is. Uh she, you know, the scarab. I guess Arthur's got the scarab, which isn't a good thing. And and now they're they're Conchu is tracking him down and, and Conchu's basically threatening Mark with, you know, I guess Mark wants to get out of this deal that they've got and and Conchu's basically saying, yeah, once you're out, I'm gonna take Layla as my next avatar, which doesn't sit so well with Mark. So you've got a conflict between Mark Spector and himself as Steven Grant. And then you got a conflict between Mark and the God that he's serving. And I think that, you know, is going to propel this thing forward. What are you guys thoughts as to where we ended up and, and kind of where we're heading? Well, I
1: I will say that one thing that they definitely teased as well, that uh, I I would believe is going to be something uh, going forward is the constant conversation between uh Mark and Steven of you know after this mission you will never see me again. So clearly in, in at least in my opinion Mark is trying to get rid of all of these personalities uh that are you know living and dwelling inside his brain and I don't know if Steven has necessarily caught on to that just yet. Uh, I think that's something that is going to be a, a major factor going forward and especially if um both Steven and Mark have these separate Moon Knight characters uh you know Moon Knight and Mr. Knight uh how is that going to play off in this series as well because you know originally Mr. Knight is not a uh is is actually another persona and not a uh superhero garb, you know, you know, a secondary character. Um but uh, you know that's something that we'll just have to kind of wait and see going forward.
2: Yeah, and next week's gonna be the halfway point. Tony, you got any thoughts about uh about some of this stuff that Aesop's talking about? We got multiple you know, we got multiple personalities within the more human version of whatever you want to call Moon Knight, Mr. Knight. Then you've got multiple superhero personalities, Moon Knight, Mr. Knight, yeah, I mean where do you think, man? You got any, you got any real thoughts on, on where we're heading and that sort of thing? So
0: Oscar Isaac's contract is up for the streaming series Moon Knight, correct?
2: Well, yeah, I think we talked about that last week. That that was just So a... my, my thinking
0: is this could easily, you know, we want more, right? Maybe this is just the introduction to the character and we get the story that Aesop wants in a movie. Maybe he's a bigger part of this than we think and there's some there's more to it, you know what I'm saying? So I, I don't know. I thought the second episode has got me more into it now than I than I really was before. I've like my interest has doubled. I, I really enjoyed the second episode. I really can't wait to see where we're going. I hope I. I kind of want to see Stephen Grant come back. I liked him. I wanted to see him try and become a good Mister Knight with the suit. You know, it was something different. It was interesting. But I, I really like their where they're going with Spectre. They're in Egypt, and I can't wait to see what happens next. So one, it's one, interesting. One cool is more than just. I think we're going to get more than just these six episodes yeah. of this character, whether it's in another movie or its own.
2: They'll probably get a second series once it gets like people like maybe you another get, season. People like maybe. you who come in kind of lukewarm, and I think he's one of those characters that. You're going to be lukewarm at the beginning because you just don't know. enough like Aesop's right. read a lot of them. I've read less, but, you know, my fair amount. So he's a he's a niche character that people are going to learn more about and get more invested in. And they'll say, OK, let's bring him back for a second season. I did like how Steven does, you know, when he dons the suit, he does punch that jackal. And then he gets his ass kicked. And Mark was like, that was a really good punch. You want to let me take over now? And Stephen finally relents at that point. When he realizes, okay, I really don't know what the hell I'm doing.
0: So. Well, he lets go because there's about a bunch of people that are about to get yeah, hurt. Innocent people. Yeah. That's really what changed him because he is a good person, Stephen Grant. Stephen Grant wouldn't hurt a fly, right? So that's kind of the interesting dichotomy there for me.
2: He ate a steak, though. That fucked him all up, man. He ate a steak. Now,
1: if, if I don't know if either of you two have seen the absolutely fantastic and fun fan theories that are coming out. Um, one of them I completely buy. One of them is, you know, a little bit more ludicrous and I can't exactly give forth. Uh, but I am very much in this boat that we are going to get some type of appearance, whether it be a voice thing or an actual physical appearance of Mahershala's Ali, Mahershala, Mahershala Ali's Blade. I think we are getting Blade for sure in this. And uh, just it's just how much we're going to see of that now uh, one of the other fan theories that kind of tied this in, which I thought was absolutely fucking fantastic, was the idea of Arthur Harrow potentially being Dracula. And I thought, oh, how fun. Wouldn't that be amazing? But, you know, I I, I think that's a little too wild for the MCU. Uh, They don't generally like to go that crazy but damn it is it is very fun to kind of look at these fan theories and uh some of them like i said i totally buy the idea of blade being a part of this
2: well i mean dracula you know unless you're a marvel fan you really don't know but he's a pretty big player in 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 the marvel comic universe and and that sort of thing i mean he's not just blade but i mean he's got a whole line of stories with deadpool and and tomb of dracula is very popular i mean he's he's got a big role to play if marvel decides to go down that path um i I think there was something about patrick had posted like the qr code on one of the lockers led to a link to like one of the werewolf comics or something
1: yeah werewolf by night
2: and is that linked to dracula and blade at all
1: uh, Werewolf by Night does have appearances in the Midnight Suns, um, you know, which is what we talked la- Or Sorry, Rising Midnight Suns. No, Midnight Suns. I can't yeah. even remember um, uh, what we talked about last week as well, uh, which is like the whole uh, paranormal uh, version or of the Avengers. You know, Dr. Strange, Ghost Rider, Blade, Moon Knight, Punisher. You know, he's not know. exactly yeah. paranormal, but he's part of it, too. Paranoid, um, not paranormal. That's fair. So I, again, I, I'm buying into it. I think that we are going to get some fun stuff in these last two episodes. Uh, you know, when they when we get to that point, and especially that last you know, the last half hour, I'm sure is ramped things up a bunch.
2: Yeah, it did. And 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 speaking of fan theories, this is a kind of a subplot, a subdivision, subpoint of the rundown that I gave you guys today. That. Now, we saw it earlier in the week. I think Patrick linked to it, and, and, and I kind of gave a different article, a different take on it. There's a lot of belief that in, in episode one, when Stephen wakes up in that Swiss village where he first sees Arthur, that there's a castle on a hillside somewhere that looks a lot like Doctor Doom's castle, leading to speculation that this could be Latveria. Um, interesting theory. I've got another one that I wanted to toss out to you guys. You know, because I, I, it's something that I recalled from a previous show we reviewed. But I wanted to ask you guys, it, you know, OK, it does kind of look like Doom's castle. There are people milling around that village that look like Doom's security attache, for lack of a better term, I guess. Um, things of that nature that might be going on there. Would Doctor, I mean, they're going to bring in, if if you're bringing in the Fantastic Four or Reed Richards and any concept in, in uh, Multiverse of Madness, which is possible if we're going the illuminati direction um would bringing doom in at this point be a good idea or or what do you guys think about that
1: i don't mind doom i i don't mind him at all um i don't know if i can necessarily buy him as the super big bad uh, which is you know the the rumor um and especially when you have kang floating out there kang is definitely more of that guy that you want to be the the uh, Ultron, the Thanos, you know, in the the next you know phases of um, of Marvel. Uh, again, Doctor Doom is integral to the Fantastic Four. You cannot do a Fantastic Four movie without Doctor Doom. It's just physically impossible. And uh, if that's very great. You know, what? I'm gonna give another thing. What if that's Dracula's castle?
2: here's a here's a third thing and, and I, bum, i'll say this bum, before bum. i before I turn this over to Tony. <laughs> but i'm glow i'm glad you brought up kang because remember t- when we were you were this before you were a regular on the show when we reviewed loki the penultimate episode of of loki they go to a castle that we all speculated is that dr doom's castle whose castle is it it turns out to be kang's castle but it looks a lot like dr doom's castle and that looks kind of like the castle that we've got in this episode as well. So could that be Kang's castle? And it, cause no one's really sure when moon Knight's taking place in the whole timeline of things, but could that be Kang's castle as well in a different, you know, a different time, a different time, space continuum.
1: We what? know it's sometime in the future. Yeah. We do know that they have said that. And it's, it's far enough ahead of, uh, of things that, you know, stuff is starting to come down, uh, you know, break down a little bit, so we, we just gotta wait and see. And we know that Kang is the big villain for uh Quantum Mania, yeah. You know, that seems weird if he's gonna be the big villain there to make him the major villain altogether. Um, uh, aren't there so, multiple
0: kings though? Like, I mean, couldn't it be multiple universes? You know what I mean? Couldn't this all be one culminating thing? Like, you know, we're I mean I can't wait. I'm going to grab my tickets for Multiverse of Madness probably after we're done with the show here, but you know, we we brought in some of what if into that and we brought in um uh you know uh, uh the Scarlet Witch in, in, in WandaVision, so everything seems to be working its way together.
2: Can we all agree Didn't that, we just Can we all agree that somebody of significance lives in that castle? I I think that's a given at this point.
1: I would agree with that for yeah. sure. Uh, the I you know I only give one last thing to that uh, statement about Kang and the idea of multiple Kangs is that we just had that with Thanos though, you know Thanos toned himself down and then they brought him back for Endgame as an even more mad Titan uh, and I know it's not exactly the same you know the idea of uh, you know good and evil stuff but to me it's very very similar so. Do you really want to kind of have these these similar stories that you know kind of have a uh you know the same type of path you know maybe one's got an extra bump here and there but uh I don't know I, to me it it seems too similar for it to to have like oh the eviler gang
2: more evil yeah i i i mean i i mean i love the fact that you brought up dracula because it's something that And Blade as well, because it's like, yeah, I didn't think about that. But there, yeah, I mean, that could be Transylvania for all we know. (laughs) You know, you don't don't know what it is other than that somebody of significance is in that castle. And it could be somebody who kind of reshapes the whole the whole ball of wax. I mean, yeah, if we don't know, is this is this before or after the whole multiversal meltdown with uh, the end of Loki? Where does that fit in with what just happened in No Way Home? What's going to happen in Doctor Strange? fascinating stuff but this is this is what the mcu does better than anything is it just lends itself to so many theories and gets geeks and nerds like us just thinking overdrive could mephisto live in that and i'm just kidding it's not mephisto let's not <laughs> let's not go there again Well, uh,
1: and, you know how they tie in i'm uh, sorry to to keep going on this but shang chi yeah. did not give like they gave a lot but they didn't give anything of direct specifics. And I'm sure that we're going to, once we kind of get more of the story, we're going to be able to go back to, especially the post credits and be like, Oh, there was the mention of, you know, that bad guy right then and there, but we just completely missed it. But but Chang Chi did not have that at all. You know, we had a little bit of (laughs) drunk Wong at a karaoke bar and, um, uh, his sister kind of taken over, uh, their father's ninja clan. You know that that was it. Something's got to come from those.
2: We still don't know who the rings were calling either. You know, because I thought maybe that would be a direct tie to Eternals, but it really wasn't. So who knows what's really out there at
1: this point? Really. Uh, I was Fin Fang Foom, man. That was Fin Fang Foom that came through the came through the <laughs> the barriers. If
2: if Ray was here right now, he would. Basically, stand up and give you a standing ovation for saying that because him and him and Patrick's fin fang foom debate is the stuff of BWN legend and and we will probably better that we leave it at that, right, Tony?
0: Probably. <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh all right. So that's gonna do it for our Moon night conversation this week. Uh, we'll see what happens next week's a halfway point of the first. What we're hoping is only the first season. But who knows? We'll see how it works. It's being very well-received. The theme music kind of gets in your head after a while. Um, from here, we're going to kind of deviate. I know, Tony, I don't know if you're watching the show or not, PC, but uh, Asop and I have been watching Halo. And, you know, unless you've been living in Iraq since roughly 2001, everybody knows what Halo is, one of the most successful and popular uh, video game franchises in history. Uh, Basically, the the franchise had put the Microsoft Xbox on the map. Without Halo, we're not talking about any sort of console wars of any sort. Um, But, of course, we kind of mentioned it a few episodes back. Paramount Plus launched its own live-action Halo series, which has been controversial, to say the least, in a few places. I know we talked about it a little bit on DWI after Episode 1 in the controversy of Master Chief removing his helmet but I did want to touch bases with Aesop because I know we're watching it. My wife's been watching it with me. My wife has never played a lick of the games. She loves the show. Yeah, yeah. She's over here talking to me. She's like, I'm good at getting guys killed. So, yeah, she's actually good at that part of Halo, which then again, a lot of us are good at that aspect of Halo. But I know she says she would stand in front of the TV where her kids were playing and they would get killed. So that was fun. But um <coughs> In in this episode was I wanted to talk to Aesop about it because this one was an important episode. Not that the first two aren't, but this one we got the introduction of Cortana, and I, I I want to touch base with you. First off, in general, how do you think the series is going so far? There's some controversial stuff, but it, I I am enjoying it greatly. Um, and and yeah, Cortana specifically, very true to the video game to a certain extent as far as her appearance. And and the relationship between her and the Master Chief. But your thoughts on Halo, I know you've played the game probably as much, if not more, than I have. Your thoughts on the series, how they're doing so far, and now this latest where are we going with this?
1: I, I think I am coming around to the idea of Master Chief not being Master Chief, but being John. Which is something that they have they've more or less just pushed in everyone's face they've shoved it in our faces that he is not the master chief he is john okay and uh uh, pablo uh was it schreier or schreiber uh, has done a pretty damn good job of doing that i will say episode three is probably the most disjointed and the reason being is that they tried to shove so many different storylines into episode three, and they just aren't able to uh, get all of them right. We we have Maki, the, the Covenant uh, Empress, or do you know, princess, or whatever the hell she is, blessed woman. kind. Yeah, uh, you know, kind of starting her plan of coming back and getting the magical object, the uh, Keystone uh, for the Covenant, and you, you've got like Quan wanting to go back to magical to kind of save her family and her her uh, her, her people from uh, whatever the guy that they end up taking. I can't remember his name. Like
2: Filcher, I think it was. Vishner? Finch, Finch, Venture?
1: Something like that. What's his name? Uh,
2: Venture. Venture,
1: yeah. And, and then you got, obviously, the Cortana angle and how she is, I, I guess, a bad guy in a sense. Obviously, I, I would assume they change that up. But yeah, there's there's just so many stories that they've pitched. And especially when you look at these first two episodes and how it's been kind of a more intimate slow burn, you lose that slow burn and there's no ramp up. It's literally like, all right, here we go. Going up to uh, up the roller coaster. But let's take out the next 15 feet and then we can plummet in. Uh, You know, that's that's how I feel about this episode. There's just so much going on and not enough uh, extra detail and love that they kind of gave in those first two episodes.
2: Yeah. So a couple of things. Uh, what were your thoughts on Cortana? Because she appears as really kind of a, a, a it's like CGI, but she looks very video gamey, which I thought was kind of cool that they did that. Um, you know, it's because they they do try and bring in as much of the game as they can in this. Yeah, and and that was the most overt thing. It's like, wow, that's a video game character on on my screen. Um, you're right. She comes off being very loyalistic to Halsey and and all this stuff that's going on, towing the corporate line. I anticipate that as her and John's relationship deepens, that that's going to change, and she's going to suddenly realize that, okay, John's got the right idea because you've already seen some levels of defiance in her so far in this episode, just not towing the the orders that she's being given. Um, I I dug what's going on. I think the relationship between her and John will be cool. I'm wondering though, you know, the first two episodes, you know, John slash master chief has felt a little bit, you know, kind of robotic because he had that pellet in his back. Now that that's removed and you could kind of see it in this episode, that pellet gets removed. And now he's starting to bring in, some emotions, which goes back to what you're saying about the job he's done in the first two episodes about being very just, you know, dronish almost in his approach to everything. And now you start to see, you know, little things like looking at the dog, going to an opera, uh, listening to things like that going on. And, and, and you see, and a lot of this is all about his memories coming back and, and now going to this planet to find the rest of this, the second part of this covenant relic that you know like the blessed ones looking for uh I I I thought yeah I mean I agree with you it's very a lot of stuff was shoved down our throats in one episode all at once just here digest this um and I'm like okay that's a lot to take in but you know I I mean I like the episode I I like kind of the the way it expanded on things and now you've got branching story arcs yeah Kwan's gonna do her thing with uh with the other guy forget his name Soren sorry yeah soren oh, yeah you, Bukim woodbine yeah and then you've got john going to the planet and having cortana help him but yeah any any other thoughts i mean i i threw a lot at you there it's kind of like the episode it is threw a bunch of shit at you there but i I do, <laughs> I do like i do like the emotional range and and that getting expanded with uh with that emotional suppressing pellet being removed I know
1: that Cortana is getting mixed reviews and, and I'll say, first of all, thank God we got Jen Taylor. She's the one that has more or less been Cortana since the beginning. You know, that's 25 years of being the same character. And you know what? She still has a good amount of love for that role. So it, hearing her speak and the excellence that she delivers her lines is fantastic I'm not on the same level yet of of, you know, liking the uh, kind of video game caricature that she can be in this. Uh, I wish that they kind of did more of an animation similar to what they do with Master Chief when he's in combat, you know, which kind of like you can see the the animation, but it's pretty damn close to them doing, uh you know, as close as they can to making it look like live action stuff. I wish they kind of played it a little bit more like that. I mean, Cortana is this, this figment, you know, of sorts to master chief and we'll kind of see what her role plays. All I know is they are, they're letting everyone know that we are not really going with the Halo game stories. And that's probably a good thing. I, I, you know, I, I've turned myself around you know, in the video games, you never see Halo uh, Master Chief's face. You never really do. You get a little bit of eye, you know, eyes, and that's about it. But I mean, you can't really have that in this series. And again, maybe they could have drawn it out a little bit longer before he finally re- revealed his face. But it needed to happen, you know, probably before the midway point of the the season. So. Uh, you know, as long as they keep going with this and they let everyone know, like, don't get accustomed to the game story because we are not the games. This is something totally different. And of course, that's how it spins off into Doctor Strange's Multiverse of Madness or some bullshit like that.
2: Right. And and I think, you know, we've seen and I think you, I mean, you lots of parallels drawn between this show and the Mandalorian, at least in that first episode before he takes off his helmet. I agree with you that they'd stretch this out for three or four episodes before he took the helmet off. That would have been cool, but that's not the story they're trying to tell. And they're trying to personalize John and get you to get him to be somewhat relatable to you. Whereas that was never the goal with Mandalorian because they had Grogu to do that for you. And, and here, (laughs) and here, you know, as, as sympathetic as Quan is, um, you know, she's not going to have the same effect, but yeah, We've already seen what the MCU does with source material and and takes what they want, takes aspects of it and makes it better. And I don't know if we can say that about Halo yet, but I, I, I applaud them for being brave enough to swim upstream from a rabid and loyal, dedicated fan base. Many of them who aren't happy about some of the changes, but they're tuning in every week in pretty good numbers. So really. If that's what you're talking about. I'm curious. I mean, it's got, what, six more episodes? It's a nine-episode season one arc. Um, I'm curious. Tony. I, I still think you should watch it, so I think you would like it, man. Uh,
0: Dave, I'm into my busy time of year, okay?
1: Can, He's busy bogeying on
2: holes. You can etch out a little bit of your time. I mean, we I've given up on Ray watching Flash Gordon or anything like that, so you can do a little bit of your time man you would like this show i really think tony would would like this
1: very violent yeah it is surprisingly violent i oh, was not prepared
2: dude the part like my wife had to have me tell her when it was over when they take out the clone with the needle in the eye Oh, my wife was like let me know when it's over yeah. i mean that was just yeah. like, oh shit um so yeah that was that was very difficult to watch but i mean they got stuff like that going on on Halo, folks. So if you're squeamish, you may want to skip episode three. Yeah, my wife just loves the show, so I mean, she knows nothing about <laughs> Halo, and she's just sitting across from me saying, "I just love the show." So, um, good stuff. All right, guys, I think let's take our first break. Then when we come back, we'll uh, we will visit we will visit the trailer park and and do a little bit of a, a little bit of a visit to the trailer park and talk about some uh, news around the Nerdosphere as well. You are listening to bandwagon urge, which is a part of the Chairshot radio network here on the ChairShot.com. What's so special about hero bread, soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns and tortillas. Hero bread serves up zero to one grams of net carbs, five to 11 grams of protein and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra low net carb goodies like rich flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today.
1: Why should you visit thechairshot.com? Thechairshot.com is your home for hard hitting reviews, news, opinion, and analysis with attitude. Why? Because you're smarter than the average fans. Thechairshot.com. Always use your head.
0: The chairshot.com.
1: Always use your head.
2: All right, guys, we are back. Ah uh, man, I just realized I left a news bite off of news around the Nerdosphere, but it's a it's a PC Tunny special that I'm sure we will comment. We'll do that Ooh. when we get to that. I just I I'm like looking at this ah oh, shit, I forgot that. But that's all right. That's all right. Um, we're going to get some banjos going. Uh, I know Patrick had suggested like a, a different sort of like uh, theme song for the trailer park, but then I said, this sounds a lot like Foggy Mountain Breakdown. And I, I put a typo in my message to him that says, you know, I was like, I was trying to say I'm fine with either one. And it came out saying I'm done if we use either one. And, and I said, oh, I didn't mean that. And Patrick said, no, you should you should just go with that saying that I'm tired of this hillbilly shit. I'm out of here. I quit, you know, so <laughs> <laughs> but we're going to get a little bit of a foggy mountain breakdown here and talk about some uh, some couple of trailers that we looked at. All right, guys, so first one want to talk about. Not really a trailer. It's just a TV spot. Tony mentioned it earlier, Multiverse of Madness, May 6th. Tickets are on sale now. Get your tickets. There's obviously going to be a hot ticket item. We didn't get a full-blown like trailer, but it's they've been releasing these kind of TV spots. And this one, Patrick linked it to us, and I linked it as well. Patrick said it this morning, actually, but I think it came out a couple days ago. The most... Pronounced aspect of this is the mention of the word nightmare that has got all the MCU fans going crazy thinking we're gonna get nightmare involved. We were waiting for him in WandaVision. I mean, he was as eagerly anticipated in Wandavision as the M-word, you know, Mephisto. <clears throat> he never showed up. Uh and now, you know, you're talking about both Steven and Wanda talking about they have the same dream every day, and then Wanda talking about it's a nightmare. Um, you get to see her with uh with her kids, who last time we saw them, they vanished into presumably oblivion along with with Vision at the end of uh, the last episode of WandaVision. Um your guys thoughts on this TV spot and, and the mention of the word nightmare so prominently is this Marvel trolling us again or is there something more to this? Tony what do you think? I'll start with you this time. You got to miss that whole last conversation.
0: I let Aesop start. All right.
2: Go ahead Aesop. <laughs> we'll let the, we'll let the, we'll let the real nerd talk here.
1: Um I'm not I'm not going to buy it. And I know that I'm probably in the minority on this take, but I just feel again like there is too much going on in Multiverse of Madness to do Nightmare first. You know, before a lot of them rather. Uh Nightmare is a a pretty integral portion of the MCU or uh, MCU uh Marvel Comics rather. So it's not to be said that he won't be in eventually. I just don't know how I see him there first before the likes of, you know, Mephisto or even Dormammu again. You know, Dormammu barely got anything. And now we're clearly getting some true Mordo as well in this uh, in this movie. So maybe we get Mordo as the bad guy. Why not? There is just so many different aspects of multiverse of madness that we know nothing about. They are doing so good at giving us stuff, but not giving us enough to really kind of piece together this this movie. You know, again, I've I've probably said it to countless people. We got Shuma Garaf. And we don't know what the hell kind of role he plays. Um, uh, Chances are he's just going to be some damn monster. And, you know, they're going to give him an Easter egg type role. But, you know, there's a strong portion that Shuma Grath actually plays uh, some type of character in this story. We'll just have to kind of wait and find out. But I'm going to lean on the side that says the nightmare is just a tease and nothing more.
2: Yeah, you get to see the dark Stephen Strange with a third eye, uh, in this in this TV spot. So, yeah, I mean, is, could he possibly? He, I mean, it might just be him. He could be the He could be Nightmare in disguise. Who the hell really knows? I tend to agree with you. Well, let me turn it over to Tony first. Tony, what do you what do you think about this? I mean, Nightmare was teased and talked about and speculated, yeah, over a year ago on this very show by all of us when WandaVision was hot and heavy. Here we are, a year and a half later. And and nightmare rearing his ugly head again. You got any thoughts? Do you think they would bring him in here? Is he an iconic enough character to bring him in? You know,
0: for me to ask me a question like that, I don't think I really can give you an answer that, like, personally, I qualify to answer that question. Right? Like, I mean, I would I would think it would be cool. I don't know that that's going to happen. Um, I'm reading some stuff, and a lot of people are throwing the rumor of Satorak out there as well. So.
2: Well yeah, the interesting thing with Doctor Strange is that he doesn't have a lot of what I would call super well-known villains in his story arcs. Dormammu being the most probably recognizable of all of them and they already kind of played that card. Yeah, I, I tend to agree with Aesop that that it seems like bringing in Nightmare at this point with so much other stuff going on, namely trying to fix whatever damage he did to the multiverse and and who else? And I think you know the other thing about this movie is that to me right now, looking at the TV spots, looking at the trailers, I don't know, what do you guys think? To me, this almost seems as big a movie about the Scarlet Witch as it does about Doctor Strange at this point.
0: Well, for sure. And why shouldn't it be? I mean, that's that's just a great dichotomy. The, the thing I brought it up when we first started talking about this, one of the things where um, Wanda says, you know, I, I bend the rules and I become a villain. You bend the rules and you become a hero. So I think more so than anything, this movie is less about who's you know going to be the big bad moving forward and more about these two i am surprised this is only two hours and six minutes still pretty decent pleasant pleasantly surprised by the way and this is available in 3d i will be going to see it in 3d well
2: you can't have everything be three hours like batman is (laughs) who needs who needs that
0: i only have
1: to pee for an hour instead of two hours this time so I, I'm going to say something, too. You know, we already know that Captain Marvell um, is going to be in this, right? Um, uh, what, what was uh, the guy uh, during um, WandaVision, uh, her daughter? But now we have, uh, you know, Captain Marvell um, being there. So that might meet, lead me to believe that this could be something more, um, you know, out of this world rather than, you know, paranormal. And uh, I, I was kind of looking it up because I wanted to try to find it. And uh, legal reasons, apparently, it is not Schumagrath, which makes me very sad. It is Gargantos, <laughs> which, um, you know, it's Schumagrath, everyone. We already know that. Yes. But so I, I'm still wondering if uh, where the hell they go with this, man. And I'm sure Sam Raimi is going to do some fantastic things with it to kind of give us these these different stories that we're not quite sure what the hell the end of this is going to be, because you know, even though he's directing, you know, he likes to get his fingers in on the script. He always does that.
2: Oh yeah. Yeah. I, 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 I this is not going to be one of these hands off projects. There's going to be all sorts of craziness going on, but yeah, I mean, like you said, Captain Marvel possibly in this, probably in this, uh, Xavier possibly in this, you know, it sure seems likely that's his voice which of course then lends itself to the whole Illuminati theory and who else are, are we actually bringing in? So yeah, it's, it's it, wow. We're only a, what? Three weeks away. So yeah, time to get your tickets, get ready for this bad boy. Cause uh, yeah, that's going to kick off the uh, pretty busy summer movie season. I would think so. Yeah. I, I, who knows <laughs> at this point, this is what we do. I mean, they, they, we said it earlier, Marvel gets you speculating about all this stuff and and it's, it's exhausting. It's like, Cody Rhodes coming back to WWE rumors or something. It just, after a while, you're like, I'm so- He's back, sick Dave. of it. He's back. I'm sick of it.
1: He's back. Well, look where, look where we are going forward uh, in the MCU, right? We, we can look at Dr. Strange. Okay. That's, that's, you know, tends to be more paranormal, but we have uh guardians three. We have Thor love and thunder. We have Ant-Man quantum mania, We have uh, something like um, Wakanda forever. And, you know, those lead me to believe that they're going to be otherworldly more. You know, it it may be outside of, uh, um, you know, Wakanda forever, you know, Black Panther 2. But that's still uh, potentially Namor. You know, everyone is more or less confirmed that it's going to be Namor. You know, they they could do some otherworldly stuff from there too. So I uh, I don't know if how much they're gonna go down the uh the like I said, the supernatural route. Even though we got like uh Moon Knight and Blade and all that too. They're giving us both sides of the spectrum. See what I did there? Because that's what uh the the Captain Marvell's daughter's name. Uh both sides of the spectrum, and we're not Sure, what the hell they're going to lean into more.
2: No, I and I think you raise a great point that you know, and I'm just kind of like looking at what they're doing. So, you got Doctor Strange coming out, uh, you got the Miss Marvel series coming up, Thor Love and Thunder. Um, let's see, She Hulk, which I mean, She Hulk is con- kind of the only street level sort of character that they've, I mean, and even that's a little bit debatable. Then, you got the Marvels, you got Guardians. Holiday special, we got Amen. So there's not much happening on the street level. No, Tony's already set,
1: but uh, well, Miss Miss Marvel, uh, you know, could potentially, but she also could go uh, otherworldly as well.
2: Yeah, as far as where she gets her powers from, isn't that from yeah. the cosmic, you know, sort of realm? So yeah, they're they're definitely going otherworldly right now, and we've drifted away from like you know, No Way Home was really the last one from a street level character, and even that had so many cosmic multiversal overtones to it that you just get the feeling i mean i keep thinking man galactus somewhere in here there's no bigger cosmic big bad than galactus at this point um
1: well let's And that's stronger than doom to me
2: i well yeah i think they're different but i agree with you i mean i i think that you know doom brings a different element than galactus is just you know i galactus just does it to eat you know and feed and he has really it's not about it's not about control or domination it's just survival for him whereas with doom it's all about subjugation and i need to be in charge of everything and this is who i am so it really depends on which direction they want to go but i would be cool with either one and then kang's kind of somewhere in the middle of that um the other trailer we wanted to touch bases on is one that patrick had shared earlier in the week and uh i guess it's not a movie it's going to be a series on amazon prime called outer range which to me I don't know what you guys think. I'm I liked the trailer. Josh Rollins in it and uh and I I the other guy I'm drawing a blank on his name, but he's very well well known. Um but to me watching this trailer this felt like is this like Skinwalker Ranch the series or something like, because they start off on a ranch, you've got some girl who wants to come out there and camp on it and there's clearly something going on at this ranch that is otherworldly or paranormal or something of that sort. And um I thought it was an Amazon Prime movie, and then realized no, it's actually a series, which kind of makes me a little bit more interested because now you've got a lot longer uh, way to build this thing. But Tony, gonna send it to you first this time for sure. Did you watch this trailer A? I guess did you watch this trailer? And B, what were your thoughts on it?
0: I did. Um, I'm watching the trailer, and I thought it was a movie. Um, me too. And uh, I, I I like the setting. I, I like the. It seems like a suspenseful thriller to me, right? Um, Obviously, with being a series, there's going to be a little bit more storytelling uh, balance going along with that suspense. But I really like the cast. I think this could be something really, really special, to be honest with you. I'm going to watch this.
2: Aesop, what were your thoughts on this one? And yet he won't watch Halo. Yeah, you'll Uh, watch this, but not Halo.
1: Were you uh, Thomas Pelfrey? Was that the other guy you were thinking of?
2: I don't know. <laughs> I have to look up the cast.
1: That's fair. Uh, yeah, I'm. I'm a little shocked. I I just didn't expect Josh Brolin to kind of fall into the the series, uh, even if it is a limited one. Um, I I'll give it a watch. It's coming out this week, right? What is it like the fourteenth or the
2: fifteenth? I think so. Um, let's see if I can't trying to find some more information on this thing uh, where is it coming out oh will patton was the other guy i was thinking of oh okay okay um
1: and you you want to call it a mystery uh tiny man you gotta add some supernatural stuff because there definitely was some supernatural stuff in that trailer april, uh,
2: april 15th you're right this friday There you go pay your taxes now, watch them outer range that sort of thing
1: Oh, I do have to go pay my taxes. Shit. Um, so yeah, I, I look. It's it's always worth the the first episode watch. It always is, no matter what the hell the show is. You, you got to give it that first episode watch. For the love of God, I watched Morbius.
2: Gonna, I can don't don't spoil it. We're gonna we're gonna have you with your public service announcement at the end of the show because I think <laughs> my my sister. I saw that she was at Morbius. So I wanted to text her and say. I apologize in advance for you wasting two hours of your life that you will never get back, but I'm going to leave that for you to tell people just how great, I mean, whatever it was, but yeah, I was outer... that
1: would get me out of it. <laughs>
2: <laughs> no such luck, sir. We, we, we must warn the masses. Um, I think, yeah, outer range is I, when it's first started, I'm like, what the hell is Patrick giving us this for? I don't want to see another ripoff of Yellowstone. I'm not interested in that at all. And then, it got very interesting very quickly. And I said, wow, this really has a Skinwalker Ranch sort of feel to it. So, yeah, I, I think that would be a, a definite show worth watching if you have the uh, extra time, which we know One PC Tunny does not. So,
1: <laughs>
2: with that being said, uh, you know, let's let's go ahead and take our second and final commercial break. Before we do, I do want to, I, I can't do it as well as Patrick or Tunny, or certainly not Christopher Platt, but I did want to say that. If you like what we're doing here at thechairshot.com, if you enjoy the content that we're providing, all the all the great WrestleMania coverage that we got, if you want to support the show, go to Pro prowrestlingtees forward slash thechairshot. There is a plethora of excellent t-shirts there. My personal new favorite, Nefarious Means, which I think uh, we can all relate to on one level or another. There's of course the show for shirt for bandwagon nerds, uh, and every other great shirt that represents the great shows on the Chairshot.com. they are 19.99 for a few bucks extra you can upgrade for your make it more aesthetically pleasing it'll feel better on your giblets all the various catchphrases that i have no interest in really subscribing yeah. to because it's other people's intellectual property at this point not mine <laughs> so but yeah go make sure you're going to ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot buy a sup- shirt support the cause Flat Blast 2024, we got to start raising money for that right now. Right, Tony? (laughs) No,
0: we don't. No, let's go to commercial quickly.
2: (laughs) All right, we're going to head to our second and final commercial break. You are, of course, listening to Bandwagon Nerds, which is a part of the Chairshot Radio Network right here on thechairshot.com. All right, it is time, folks. I am not going to make my voice sound cool because that, of course, is also a Patrick O'Dowd special proprietary blend that we do for him. So I'm not going to do that. But we are going to do some news around the Nerdosphere right here. Uh, Let's get a little, at least we can get the news music going. Oh, wait, Tony's got something here. What's up, man? Waiting, waiting patiently. (laughs) This is what you call great radio, ladies and
1: gentlemen. Use the the Simpsons soundbite of him going,
2: this is going great. I don't know if Tony's going to get this. There it is.
0: is. News around the Nerdosphere.
2: Wow, that was much better than anything I can do on Audacity. Let's follow that up with a little bit of news music here. All right, so the one that I wanted to mention that isn't on the rundown that I just remembered I wanted to put on the rundown and fucked up and left it off is that we did get confirmation that PC Tunney is right, ladies and gentlemen, about Lock and Key Season 3 being the final season. Uh, I know Tunney had speculated that that was going to be the case. We got confirmation they are well into filming of Season 3. It will be the final season of Lock and Key. Not surprised, kind of disappointed. But still, you know, at least we get one more season where, good God, I mean, I don't know how many, there's a there's a shit ton of books that are out there, Lock and Key Collected Editions, like seven, eight volumes at this point. What exactly are they going to throw into season three? How are we going to wrap this all up in one season? I know the kids are getting a little bit too old to be doing these roles, but uh, Tony, you know, you were the one who th- said, you you were the one who got us into Lock and Key in the first place. You're the one who said season three would probably be the end. Your thoughts probably a little bittersweet like me but what are your thoughts on this uh, of course it helps if you unmute yourself but you know that's just that's just me or plug in your microphone yeah or plug in your mic damn it now now no. tony has gone for the rest of the show all that all that news around the nerdosphere stuff just wiped him completely out oh disappointing
1: <laughs> no Oh PC screen. you're make, you're making for great content. It, I can't it, wait till Pat uh <laughs> O'Dowd yells at you
2: for this. <laughs> All this for for nothing, but Aesop, did you uh, have you watched Lock and Key any of it or
1: uh I here and there I have not I, I need to give it a a full rewatch, like an actual like uh sit down and give like you know season one, season two, like a binge. I'm just happy I'm, I'm happy anytime a, a series gets a true finish rather than it being just swept out from underneath them. Because then that means even if they, they they want to go longer, they're able to come up with something and give it a definitive end, you know, at least in their eyes. So uh, if hopefully they get what they want and they can produce what they want. Uh, but, you know, I guess we'll just have to wait and see.
2: Is Tony back yet? Nope. Still not no. back yet. Not back yet at all. No. <laughs> he broke, he broke, you broke your own setup. D- Next week, the final episode of DWI where PC Tunney says nothing as the show comes to a anticlimactic end. Wow. No, cause...
1: he's going to have to do the echo mic for the rest of his podcasting <laughs> days. <laughs> well, 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 you we, we need to.
2: Poor PC. <laughs> <laughs> he's you're
1: talking about this is this is pretty uh accurate for most uh bandwagon
2: oh, he, he just left he just that that Tony's like I'm out of here you know it's funny though like we for season two of Lock and Key Patrick and I were on Ray every single week to watch that show and he just wouldn't do it and and it and it's a really really good show it's I I don't, I don't think any of us really liked season two as much as season one but it was excellent as well so sounds
1: like Bridgerton
2: yeah, exactly. So I, I would certainly say, yeah, man. If you if you got a weekend, which I know you don't have free weekends, but no. you got any time to just like binge the shit out of uh out of season one and two in Lock and Key, it's a good time. It, it is. It's a lot of fun. It's an excellent show. Yeah, I mean for me it's bittersweet because I I agree with you. You know if you if you've got the time to say hey we're gonna bring this to a conclusion and here's what we want to do and you do it in enough time to to actually make that matter. Then that's great, you know that that's awesome. Tony, are are you actually back or, or... nope? He's still nope. not. No, nope. I
0: got you I'm back. <laughs> I'm back, I got you that time. All right, I'm back. I'm back. I'm back. Yes, I think it's great that they're wrapping it up. I think because you talked about it, these kids, they're going to grow out of this, right? I think this lends perfectly for a movie, 15 years down the road, where the kids have kids and they're back, right? that seems like a perfect thing to lend itself down the road, but I want to see it wrapped up in Abbey. We don't want a damn movie like way too late. So like it lends itself perfectly for a movie (laughs) 10 to 15 years down the road. And I couldn't wait to see something like that where the kids have their kids right at the lock and key house. So can't wait to see that. Can't wait to see them wrap this up real nice and tight. I mean, if it's only six episodes, I'd be fine with that. Because much like uh, the Witcher, I think this one kind of drug out too in the a little bit of the in the middle of the second season. So
2: you think they'll do a season that short? I mean, I'm thinking ten episodes for probably
0: season. eight. About eight. How many have they been doing? Twelve? Ten?
2: I think they did ten, like the and first episode? one, and eight, or was it eight and eight? I'm not sure. I don't remember. Witcher was eight, eight and eight, I believe okay speaking of the witcher they they started shooting season three we got some a little bit of confirmation that they've started on that i think lock and key is a little bit further along than witcher is but yeah i mean i'm cool with it let it let it roll let's see how they end the uh end the show and and hopefully it's a it's an excellent season but i definitely hope that Asop you get the chance to check out season one and two of lock and key it is one of our it is one of the pillars of bandwagon nerds when you look at the shows that we started this uh this this show reviewing, you know, you had the Mandalorian, you had the Witcher, Lock and Key was the third one we ever did. So, um,
1: I will make sure that I watch both season one and two before season three comes out.
2: Yes, because you know we will be covering that. Uh, let's you'll,
0: go- you'll you'll like it. It's actually uh, it's really good.
2: It's an excellent an excellent show. Yeah, I Tony, did you like? I don't think either of us dug season two quite as much as season one, but it was still very good.
0: Right, exactly. Yeah, it ended well.
2: Well, I guess, you know, we've avoided the conversation of the whole Will Smith slapping the shit out of Chris Rock topic of conversation. But it did get topical this week as Will Smith got banned from the Oscars for 10 years. Uh, a lot of people agree with it. There's a fair amount of people who thought this was ridiculously excessive. Uh, I just I'm this is one another one. of These stories that I'm sick of already. Um, what do you guys think? Do you care that Will got banned for 10 years? And if you do care, was it an appropriate punishment or was it too much? I don't care. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Tony.
1: Regardless regardless of whether we care, does Will Smith care? He won an Oscar. He's fine. He won best actor. He really does not care.
2: Yeah, talk about somebody who doesn't give two shits, right? About any of this stuff. So, uh back yeah. to making the bad boys. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, so much for your uh your dramatic appeal, Will. But I I mean, it just yeah, this story is just one of these ones that has just gotten out of control. And, and it's like, man, it is what it is. It definitely here's the thing. The guys, we were all on the episode where Patrick brought up the Oscars or actually Aesop. You weren't on that one. it was me and Pat and Tunny, um, you know, saying, how do you fix the Oscars? How do you get more attention drawn to it? How do you make it more mainstream? How do you get it popular? I don't think this is the, what they had in mind, but it sure worked.
1: Yeah, I'm interested already to see what the viewership ratings are going to be for next year, because, you know, they're going to be higher. You know, they're going to draw it out. If Chris Rock wins an Oscar next year, you know, the fix is in best director for Spiral part two.
2: Yeah, exactly. But you're absolutely right. Like next year, it's like, oh, you know, I, I mean, live TV, anything can can happen. Who's going to get their ass kicked next year? I I just I just want to, you know, I mean, maybe uh, yeah, I, I as long as it's not, you know, like Dwayne Johnson up there, then yeah, good luck slapping him, Will. That probably isn't going to work so well for you.
1: They'll double it down and uh you you're going to see a kick to the groin uh, on someone at the Baftas.
2: <laughs> It'd be great. The Rock is doing something and Cena wins an award for something and it's three times in a lifetime right there at the Oscars. So that would be a that'd be fun to keep, watch. Keep keep
1: my belt off your fucking waist (laughs) there you go
2: excellent i love it man we got we there you go that's free for you guys at the academy you know we've got your stuff booked right there um let's talk a little dc to close this thing out because we haven't talked a lot about dc but got a few little dc stories and tidbits going on uh one of them yeah pat gave us the link to this one earlier in the week and and I, i gave you guys a a separate link to it as well we're going to get an Aqualad series on HBO Max, which is uh, very interesting because Aqualad, probably one of the most prominent LGBTQ characters in all the comics at this point in time. And Charlize Theron is going to direct this series. Your guys thoughts on a that we're bringing an Aqualad series to HBO Max uh, and b you know, Charlize being the director of this thing. Uh, Tony, you're the kind of the DC guy. What, what do you think of this thing?
0: Yeah, I'm not a big you know aquatic man. I wouldn't be a Steve guy kind of guy if you know what I mean. Um, but uh, I think we should just move over to Aesop before he uh, his eyes roll all the way back around in his head.
2: <laughs> yeah, Aesop, what do you what do you think of this? I mean, is this is this a good uh, a good series? You think this will translate well to like an HBO Max series? And what this about... is
1: perfect. All right, this is perfect for HBO. And uh, I if. If you would have told me that there was an Aqualad series coming uh, down the pipeline, I would never have thought that it was going to be on HBO. I would have thought that was a CW show 100%, which, you know, maybe it could have worked. eh, But now they're able to do a little bit more. And the the I I forget what was a DC streaming service uh, that got merged with HBO, but whatever that, that group, that DC universe oh, DC
2: universe. Yeah.
1: Um, it has done great things. Doom patrol is very fun. Uh, you know, the, the countless series that are on there and regardless of how good they are, but like something like Harley Quinn titans. is Titans. Yeah. Titans, uh, young justice. I know it's supposed to be getting some more stuff back too. And again, you would not be able to have that if it wasn't for that streaming platform, so I think Aqualad has good potential. I don't know about Charlize Theron. I like her as an actress. I don't know her work as a director. Uh so I, whether or not this is her first or uh still in her rookie days. Um I you know, I guess we'll kind of have to wait and see. Really I think what depends more than anything is who the hell is going to be Aqualad because if we don't know who Aqualad is how are we supposed to care
2: yeah and there's you know certainly going to be options for that depending on how they AJ want to. Belaz. a.j balaz a.j balaz's aqualad yeah he might be able to pull that off that would be that'd be an interesting casting decision but taylor
0: Lockner, he could be the first he could be the first mustachioed aqualad
2: what about christopher platt could he pull out he probably can't be aqualad
0: getting a little old That's
2: true.
1: Is there there a pool at the Cranberg compound? He's
0: about to be Aqua Dad.
2: Aqua Dad. There you go. Yeah, exactly. I like that one, Tony. Aqua Dad. Uh, I'm all for it, man. I I love and I do love the fact that uh, HBO Max does provide a a, similar to Disney Plus provides a platform where, you know, you could take some chances and say, well, let's let's try like very much like Moon Knight. You know, no one knows if Moon Knight's going to be well received until you actually watch it. And same with She Hulk, same with Miss Marvel. So yeah, Aqualad is going to be an interesting series. It's going to be different uh, for sure because of the content that they're going to be talking about. But that, but see, I think too many people be focused on the LGBTQ aspect of it and lose sight of the fact that hey, he's a really cool superhero, and they're probably going to tell a really excellent story.
1: You know, just that that just means uh, Marvel's got to respond with some hawk and dove. Yes, or no, not hawk and dove. Uh, with with the Alpha Flight. Sorry.
2: Ooh, I'm all for an alpha flight series. I've I've always been an alpha flight fan, but you know, eh, you'll see what the puck. (laughs) Yeah. What the puck, you know, who knows what's going to happen. Um, staying on the DC side of things. And I think we're all on board at saying, yeah, cool. Aqualad will be fun. But we got some interesting stuff going on with Ezra Miller, who just continues to shit the bed. Uh, gets himself what what my understanding of this i don't know what you guys have read about it is that something involving a karaoke <laughs> incident is what the latest bullshit is where he got up on stage with some girl who was singing and and there was a physical altercation or semi-physical altercation that took place resulting in Ezra Miller getting arrested and there is a big now warner brothers has flat out come out and said we are suspending anything basically involving Ezra Miller which encompasses the flash and fantastic beasts so this is a big big deal at this point um does he get the boot i know Tony, you are a huge fan of grant gustin and and the flash series on the cw and there is a lot of people a lot of people who want him to come in and replace ezra miller i would be one of them uh, what do you guys think about this are we too late in the process to basically call an audible and put in grant gustin and, and try and because I, I guess here's the other question is the flash movie done or are they still doing reshoots or where are we on this thing? But let me kick it over to let's let Tony go. Cause he, I know wanted to talk about this. I know he's the flash fan. Your thoughts is Ezra Miller need to get the boot first off.
0: I wish Ezra Miller, nothing but the best and peace and happiness in his life. But I would personally love to see Greg. I mean, I it's, it's probably my favorite, Comic book related thing I've ever seen is the CW series with the Flash, and the way that Grant Gustin has played that character and just kind of watching him grow into the character and, you know, becoming a leader when he was just you know you you start with that series where he's learning how to use his powers. So, the paragon of love, Grant Gustin,
1: I saw a tear in his eye.
2: I, I I think I saw something similar to that as well.
1: Um, Uh, I'll add on to that. I wish nothing but horrible things for Ezra Miller. Uh, He has always been a shit bag everywhere he has ever been. And I I don't remember the last time I heard a positive story about Ezra Miller. Um, Both as far as his acting is concerned and as far as him as a person is concerned. So... As far as uh, if you if you needed an answer from me, I would politely tell Ezra, Mills, uh, Ezra Miller to fuck off in a flash. Uh, so whether or not uh, we get these reshoots, uh, you know, with potentially someone else, uh, whether it be Grant Gustafson or, you know, whomever they have in mind, uh, Warner Brothers is in deep shit. You know, we're... We're going to have issues with the Flash movie, clearly. We're going to have issues with Fantastic Beasts and what they want to go with that. And Fantastic Beasts already have has more than enough tumultuous characters uh, behind the scenes and storylines to go with that. God, that's the last thing they needed. Um, you know, I guess the one silver lining is for J.K. Rowling because now Ezra Miller takes the spotlight away from her horrible self, but you know, whatever I, I'm okay. I'm okay with switching it up. I don't think they will. I think it'll just delay the release.
2: Yeah. I tend to, I, I have a feeling, you know, that they're too deep into it right now to just do it a complete about phase. I mean, you've got, you've got, you know, not trailers, but just bits and pieces of things that we've seen so far that, you know, this is the same company that, didn't yield to the fans wanting uh, amber heard to be replaced as mira you know they're just stuck with that as well despite all the issues we've said it so many times on this show that what marvel does better than anybody is casting you know you look at the casting decisions that they made and how those characters stuck in there for over a decade with one story arc with you know with what what don cheadle replacing uh oh god i always forget terrence howard um, yeah. as I mean, that's that's like the only real big. Well, and then Mark Ruffalo replacing Edward Norton as well. But that's that's minor. Um, but other than that, they didn't have these issues, you know. And DC's and Warner Brothers has been plagued with this since the start. With you know, is Henry Cavill the right Superman? Is Mike? Is Ben Affleck the right Batman? Only thing they've got right is Gal Gadot and and Jason Momoa, and. Yeah. And, and yeah, Zachary Levi as well. So let's, let's give them some Robert credit. Pattinson. Yeah. Robert Pattinson as well. But I mean, even then, you know, should we have gotten our Robert Pattinson to be Batman in the BVS stuff? Would it have been any different? Probably not, but who knows? Um, But yeah, I, I think, you know, at this point, they're probably too deep into this thing to do an about face. Should they, if they could, absolutely. I agree with you guys. Ezra Miller has been nothing but trouble for them for a couple years now and it's clearly a guy with emotional issues, uh, maturity issues, just responsibility issues on multiple fronts that it's just not a good look. And, and, and flash as Tony would tell you, I mean, whether the CW or not is, is one of, if not the most iconic of DC characters, you know, so you can't, and, and this flash movie is by and large considered by most of us who are DC fans as, as being the movie that could get this whole thing back on track. Um not gonna happen get, this way.
1: Get that dude uh that played um uh in the eternals and uh was in the Batman too as the Joker. Was it
2: Barry Keegan or yeah.
1: Coogan? Or what? That dude more or less looks like uh Ezra Miller.
2: There you go. Easy sub, easy swap, but <laughs> I I don't but,
1: know. Is that Barry Keegan or is that Ezra Miller?
2: Tony.
0: A sub. Grant Goosten, okay, <laughs> Grant Goosten. Let's let's move on. David. That's that's
2: always the answer is, is Grant Goosten, which which I would be fine with. I, I'm not sure. I mean, there's and there's the thing about the Arrowverse. Let's talk about that. That uh, we got some uh, indication that Stephen Amell indicating he might be down to reprise his role as Arrow. I'm not sure how they would pull that off since he's been dead for a couple years. Of course, Tony, as you know, in the Arrowverse. Death is really just kind of a state of mind. It's nothing permanent, you know, (laughs) that sort of thing. So if they want to bring Arrow back, I'm sure it can be done without too much fuss. But he was interestingly saying that he wants kind of a darker version of the Arrowverse. And I I mean, I've watched, you know, my fair share of Arrow. My wife and I are actually going through all the Arrowverse shows, and I love Arrow. Um, Here's the thing is some of these shows are being redone for CW and and re-upped as far as negotiations you've got the big giant of HBO max out there who a lot of people think all these CW shows should migrate over there and let HBO max run with it, which is a very much more mature platform than what you get on the CW. And it sounds like Stephen Amell kind of wants them to go in that direction. If he's going to come back and take the Arrowverse. And I know it's, it's, it's a meme unto itself. The DC universe gets darker, that sort of thing. But I could see where he's going with this. And what are your thoughts? I mean, you've watched plenty of, I'm sure you've watched plenty of, obviously The Flash. You watch Arrow, Supergirl, all that stuff. As an Arrowverse aficionado, and Aesop, I don't know how much of it you've watched, but I'm going to just go with Tony first because I know he's watched a shit ton of it. As an Arrowverse fan, do you want to see them go in a more darker, perhaps more mature direction than they have been previously?
0: Yeah, listen, the these shows on CW are they're T V shows. They're they're you know, you're not you're not you're not getting a streaming series show, you're not getting a a movie with with a uh, you know, uh, an elaborate uh storyline. You're you're getting week to week shows. They're they're solid, but yeah, they're they're a little bit hokey. So yeah, they could be more adult and darker on HBO likely. I mean, this is the CW right? This is an HBO. So there is a big difference there. So yeah, I could see that happening. I could see them telling the the stories in between the story they've already told and in a darker way. Um, uh, maybe Stephen Amell saw the Batman and went, oh man, we should have done it like that when I was there. <laughs> you know? But um, he does a good job with that character. Um, so I'm okay with seeing anything that they can put together, hopefully, likely with some of the people that were doing it before and maybe with a little bit of new blood sprinkled in to, like you said, make it a little more adult, a little more real.
2: You talk about people putting their stamp on characters. I mean, you couldn't do Green Arrow probably in the DCEU if it's not Stephen Amell. I mean, that'd be suicidal to try at this point, wouldn't you say?
0: I agree with you 100%. Aesop,
2: what are your thoughts? Are you an Arrowverse fan? Do you think they should... I mean, you know, this is something where HBO Max should come in and say, look, we've kind of got the rights to these things and we want to we want to take this because there's a big pocket of people who think that the DCU should just be abandoned and they should just go with the Arrowverse and start making live action movies based on those characters and their story arcs. I'm not saying they're wrong either, but what are your thoughts on on the Arrowverse and, and should it be a more mature storytelling element?
1: Well, it, first things first. The DC Extended Universe is keeping the DC universe alive, so they can't stop that. Um, also, I would think it's one of the main factors why CW is still alive. <laughs> so uh, they're going to do everything they can not to lose these properties. But fact of the matter is, as we go forward. HBO is going to garner more money with these streaming rights and stuff like that, which means that those DC products are going to have more money to film with and you're going to be able to see bigger and better things because of it. And regardless of how you feel about, you know, how the, or like what they show, how they present it, if it's better in production, if they're able to get some, more solid CGI because I remember what King shark kind of looked like on the flash and it was not great. Um, if we can get stuff like that, you know, hell I'll be for it. And I think, uh, every last person outside of the CW itself would be for it as well.
2: King Shark on the flash. Not great. I mean, that is that is a, a pearl of wisdom for you guys from the one and only Aesop Mitchell. And, and he is 1000 percent correct on that point. Yeah, not. I mean, and you saw that, I, Tony, I think you'd agree near the end of uh, I mean, the flash is still going. But the last couple seasons the CGI has been a little bit spotty in some places, right? Yeah,
0: you tend to just like look past it, you know, because you've watched it so long. It's tough because you know you. We watch all the streaming stuff. We watch. We go see all the movies and all the the latest stuff. And I don't know. I just kind of slip back into that universe and don't mind it. I just love the characters, the actors that play the characters on that show. I think do a really good job of giving you a good, I don't know, feel of of what that character actually is from the comic book universe.
1: Well, and and you can you can be sure to know that um, HBO is not going to change that. They're not going to change the casting they're going to make sure to retain every last person down to the bagel guy uh, on set. So like however you feel it really, the big thing is going to be money and you're going to get more money on HBO than you are on the CW. It'd be great if the HBO, what if HBO bought the CW? Well, who owns the CW?
2: They were for sale, weren't they? Just a few months ago, there was a lot of rumors that they were up for sale and, we what if spectators. HBO
0: acquired them? Yeah. HBO acquired them was able to stream their content the day after on their on, on HBO Max, and then you know no. put old HBO
1: stuff on. Why do you and know? Because they're going to make so much more money moving that to their platform.
0: Moving well, it would be not there, the which Flash, would just be
1: another outlet. No no, 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 no. I'm saying moving it entirely because people are going to stop watching the CW. And buy a fifteen dollar uh, a month subscription to HBO Max. HBO cool. Max is is the most secure uh, streaming right now for content. They they've got everything down, especially original programming. I think original programming is off the damn chain on HBO Max. And if they were able to get the Arrowverse, both you know, so Arrow, Flash, uh, DC Legends of Tomorrow. If they were able to get oh, and Supergirl as well and Batgirl, holy shit! Black Lightning, you uh, you're gonna be able to you're gonna be able to get a buttload of new subscribers to uh, your streaming platform.
2: Well, think about this as well. Where all these CW shows, the Arrowverse, where is it streaming right now? All of it, Netflix. You Netflix is probably not wanting to lose that and have that go to the, one of their most direct competitors right i mean netflix has got to deal with disney plus obviously big problem for them hbo max becoming a bigger problem amazon prime a bigger problem now you got paramount hulu. plus hulu all this stuff so a lot of people go to netflix because they know apple. the Arrowverse is their apple tv as well
1: yeah and if if hbo does that so not only do you screw netflix but you also screw Hulu because Hulu was doing that, uh, you know, live TV slash stuff and all that as well. You're screwing over uh, YouTube. You are isolating yourself as the only people to have this content. That is
2: huge. Yeah, and the Arrowverse, huge. Arrowverse is popular enough and beloved enough by a lot. I mean, we all love it. And and it's the it's kind of like thing that, you know, it, when you look at the DC hub, on hbo max and yeah there's a lot of great stuff there you add the aeroverse to that and now you're really talking where you've got okay you've got hbo max has got all the dc stuff over here and disney plus has got all the marvel stuff there now you've got because you know let's be honest the aeroverse can match anything that marvel has streamed as far as streaming series very favorably right now at least you know marvel's trying to play catch up yeah but when and you,
1: especially with all the content that they have—it's not like you're getting one or two seasons. You're getting what? Are, how many goddamn seasons, seasons of Arrow? Of,
2: eight seasons of Arrow. Eight seasons of Flash. Like what? Four, five, six of Supergirl. Legends has got four or five. Uh, Batwoman's yeah. got three or something. Superman and Lois has got a couple. Black Lightning's got a couple. Gee, Star Girl's yeah. got a few. You know, I mean, they just got it's a it's a it's a, it would be huge for them. So. um, yeah, and I see where Stephen Amell, you know, coming full circle is, is possibly wanting to reprise this role. But maybe that's one of the reasons he kind of got out of it was he just kind of outgrew it at the end. And it's like, we've gone as far as we can go with this character. And yeah, how they're going to bring Arrow back to life. Who knows? But it's never stopped anybody in the comics yet. Oh, good. Yeah, I, go ahead. I, I, sorry,
1: sorry. I, I was more or less rambling. Still, you're going to get just better content uh, and to be able to do what you want. On HBO, yeah, you, know, you got, don't you don't have the networks bothering you,
2: and they've got the they've got the money to plug into that show to make it look great. Where the CW really doesn't have that luxury right now. tony has got a comment.
0: I wish everyone peace and happiness, but whatever gives me more, Grant Goose than Flash, that's what I want.
1: quit <laughs> breathing into your mic.
2: Oh,
1: you like it?
2: Oh, good God. <laughs> Oh yeah. This is bandwagon nerds after dark. You know, that's what this episode's all about. So
1: At three thirty in the afternoon on a Sunday. That's right.
2: <laughs> that's right. It all uh, comes
1: to Mephisto, doesn't it? Yeah, <laughs> exactly,
2: exactly. But we're going to talk about something else starting with M right now. This is the section of the show where it is Aesop Mitchell's <laughs> public service announcement to all you people. Anybody thinking about seeing Morbius, I think Aesop was forced into this. I don't think he saw it out of his own volition, kids. I think he had, this was kind of forced on him. But my man, you sat through this movie. I guess the question I have for you is, Is it as bad as we feared, or is it worse?
1: I originally went and saw The Suicide Squad and thought, my God, this movie fucking sucks. Wait, wait, which which
2: one? The 2016 one or the reboot with John Cena? Uh, The
1: 2016. Okay, gotcha. Uh, So I originally saw this thinking, God, this is fucking terrible. And one of the biggest... Portions of that was Jared Leto as the Joker. But as I have, uh, as the years have gone by, I have given it second, third, fourth chances and gone. You know what? It's still bad, but it's not that bad. I don't think I could say that about Morbius. It is awful. I cannot tell you how little this story means to the people that made it. There are so many contradictions between each scene, scene in this movie, these movies, Uh, this movie. I, I think they decided to just take their entire pitch meeting and throw it against the wall and whatever stuck, they just, like sort of shaped it together. Jared Leto is awful, not only again as an actor in this film, but as a person. If you haven't heard of the uh, ridiculous way of uh, method acting he did for this movie, be prepared to uh, read in horror the, the tales of how he made interns Push him around in wheelchairs for hours so that way he could get into the rule. Shut up, Jared. I encourage everyone to stay home on your $5 Tuesdays, to go onto IMDb Rotten Tomatoes and just proceed to lambast this film every way that you can. You don't need to see it. I promise you, you don't. But everyone should do everything in their power to make sure Jared Leto never touches a superhero movie again. Please, for the love of God, don't let Jared Leto onto a film set again. And also, Sony, stop trying to make this a thing. The Sinister Six was on board for the amazing spider-man you were going to ruin andrew garfield we just got him back stop it no (laughs) i'm done
2: but don't you feel better now don't you feel cleansed a little cathartic in your your rant has exercised some of these horrible demons and 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 this is why i kind of forced you into this is i just felt like we had a duty to the masses out there to make sure that they, if they were on the fence, you know, if there's any I, doubt in their mind, it's like Cody's promo on raw raw. If there's any doubt in your mind listening to Aesop right now should eliminate any if, doubt. Stay away.
1: If you really want uh, a good understanding as to um, what it's like, a classic YouTube uh, sh- channel pitch meeting, did the Morbius pitch meeting. It is so accurate. It's so hilariously accurate as to what fucking happened. Go and watch it. It's less than seven minutes. Just give it your your time, and you will understand why this movie fucking sucks so horribly.
2: <sighs>
1: now I need to drink.
2: You've been drinking. You need to drink more. There you go. Yes. Tony, are are you sold or are you you ready to go watch Morbius or are you going to heed Aesop's advice and stay the fuck away from all this mess?
0: Oh, I'm pretty sure we all had the same opinion pretty much when this came out that we weren't going to go to see it in the theater for sure. I doubt I will watch this when it comes out on streaming even.
2: It just it's it sounds so God awful that I'm just like I know, like I was telling Aesop, my sister's at the theaters with her daughter watching it. I wanted to text her saying. I'm going to apologize in advance for the 2 hours of your life that you just wasted that you will never get back.
1: I I so I just for clarity's sake, um I work with special needs adults during my day-to-day life and the reason why I was able to see this cuz that's what they wanted to see. I feel like I did every last one of them a disservice taking them to see this movie. And normally they are the type of crowd that enjoys everything that they see. Even they were like, wow, that was bad. <laughs> so <Wow.
2: laughs>
1: I'm just saying this is how strongly it resonates that it's an awful movie. And the fa- I, last I checked, I think it had a 15% on Rotten Tomatoes. That is about 15% too high. It is that bad.
2: Wow. I mean, there you go, kids. There you go. That is your public service announcement from Bandwagon Nerds. Stay away from Morbius as far fucking away as you can. Well, guys, we've gone through everything in, in less than an hour and a half. So uh, let me throw one last thing out to you guys just before we cut out of here, because I probably won't get a chance. I talked with Kyle about it a little bit on Chairshot Radio, which you guys will hear tomorrow. Uh, we did kind of a hybrid hockey wrestling sort of thing. But wanted to get your guys thoughts. WrestleMania 38 a week ago today ended. Um, by and large, I thought Saturday was one of the best WrestleManias I've ever seen. That That's my opinion. Uh, Sunday was good not as good as Saturday your guys thoughts on, on WrestleMania what did you like about it what what did you not like about it I know Tony we're gonna have the debate whether Austin had a match or not but you know that's notwithstanding um, what did you guys see about WrestleMania that you liked uh, what what hit well what didn't certainly nothing as bad as Morbius and either day by far Aesop, I'll start with you. What did, what did, uh, did you like, what did you, did you dig WrestleMania? What did you like? What, what not so much?
1: Uh, first and foremost, you are 100% correct. Night Night one was great. Night two was not so much. It was fine. It had its moments. I'm a little over the celebrity matches. Um, I, I think those just kind of need to die, especially on WrestleMania, Um, You know, it's one thing if you do it for no mercy or whatever, even SummerSlam when they had, you know, one Stephen Amell kind of wrestling. I do not need to see 50 plus year old Johnny Knoxville absolutely destroying the credibility of Sami Zayn, Um, especially Sami Zayn, who is a phenomenal wrestler. Also. They left a ton of people off because of that. You know, the the big one is Finn Balor. Why the hell is Finn Balor not on a goddamn WrestleMania, especially holding the uh, Intercontinental right now, is beyond me. But whatever. Uh, my last little bit, this is a plea to WWE and the WWE Universe. To everyone that says, Oh, see, this is why WWE is king. Look at the stories that they tell. You say that for 11 months out of the year, and the only time... uh, Sorry, you say that for one month out of the year, and the other 11 months is you saying how fucking terrible it is, like Morbius. Just remember that. Also, New Day has never won a WrestleMania match, which is absolutely wild to me.
2: Especially this year where you would think that they would have put them over this year. And and I know it would have made a lot of sense. Um, Yeah, I I get what you're saying about Johnny Knoxville. I I think it looks like Sammy had fun with that match. And and, and that's sure. And that helps a lot. You know, when when, uh, it it was a fun match, it was, you know, I, I, I get what you're saying. But yeah, when you leave off, I think what Finn's the United States champion right now, right? Ricochet's IC champ. Neither of them.
1: Oh, sorry, yes. Neither yeah, of them. Uh, I didn't mix up.
2: When I mean, you get them relegated to the Andre the Giant Battle Memorial Royal Rumble of of twenty twenty two. You're close. I know uh, it, was close. it was Andrew. Andrew, Andrew close. the Giant. Remember A- Andrew the that... Giant? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, I, I agree with you that you've got. I, I mean, and as much as I love what Pat McAfee did, again, yeah, these are spots that when you're not using the United States champion or the IC champion on WrestleMania. Um, I here. well, Tony, let me turn it over to you first and then kind of give my, my thought on something that I didn't quite understand. Uh, but what'd you think, man?
0: They were used. WrestleMania. Smackdown doesn't count. That's part of WrestleMania. Yeah, well, that neither does that fucking match with Stone Cold Steve Austin. I think we're done with that conversation. So now let's keep moving it along because we're both wrong on a technicality. But anyway, I think it's difficult for night two to be better because there's so much anticipation and night one is so long. And then night two, you're basically getting to be like, or at least this year it was like, all right, let's just get the fucking Roman and Brock already. All right, let's get, the, and then by the time we got to it, everybody on social media is like, oh, this match is going to fucking suck. And then everybody hated it. Right. So the batch must've fucking sucked. Right. No, I didn't, I didn't think it sucked. I thought both nights were really good. I enjoyed the shit out of everything. All this stuff is not for everybody, right? Sami Zayn didn't get didn't get screwed over by having to do the job and be in that match with Johnny Knoxville. Sami Zayn had the opportunity and privilege to have the celebrity match at WrestleMania, to get the exposure to show up on the red carpet. Sami Zayn is one of the best in the business. Sami Zayn is one of the most underrated people ever in the wrestling industry. But I think everybody played their part in WWE's WrestleMania spectacular, stupendously Aesop. It's not a fucking wrestling show. It's a sports entertainment spectacular, stupendous spectacle.
2: Stupendous spectacle. Here's one thing I want to say. Uh, You mentioned how uh, Saturday was so long and Sunday couldn't match up to it. What I wanted to ask you guys, and I asked Kyle about it as well, should they have moved one of the women's title matches to Sunday? Because those two women's matches were excellent. And I'm, I never, no, I didn't understand. Why would it, you put them both count- on the same day though?
0: It, it, it counterbalanced the fact that two titles were on the line in one place on Sunday.
2: Yeah, I guess. But it just seemed like when you look at the quality, and I granted, they don't know how well these are going to come off until they actually come off. But I still question why you would put both women's titles on one night, Um, especially when as good as those matches turned out, I mean, you shift Becky and Bianca to Sunday, man, Sunday suddenly becomes much better.
0: I think that was the match of the weekend. In my opinion, Becky and Bianca, that should
1: have been the main.
2: Yeah. I thought it had a, to me, I I felt and Tony, you and I just did the whole WrestleMania three thing. Did that have a savage steamboat kind of feel to it? The, the pacing, the near finishes, the two counts and just the back and forth element of it.
0: I'll, Say this. I firmly, I I don't know shit. Right? We're out here and we're speculating on a lot of stuff, but for you know, intelligent hypotheses, you just uh, thank uh, Sam
1: uh, Zayn for doing the job to fucking Johnny Knoxville. <laughs> of course, you don't know shit.
0: I didn't. I didn't give anybody a thank you. I just was explaining you Vince's, you know, thinking.
2: What were you going to say, Tony? You were going to say something there.
0: Anyway, I think. <sighs> Shit! What are you fucking asshole? I what, I was about. what was I talking about? What was I talking about?
2: We're talking about Becky and and Bianca and and kind of. I drew the comparison to Savage Steamboat the way the match oh, felt a little yeah. bit. Yeah,
0: I have no doubt in my mind that they they fervently made sure to know exactly what they wanted to do. Let's put it that way. In the in the essence of Macho Man and Steamboat, like Except they Bianca knew getting kicked they in wanted,
2: the face, but that's, they knew it well.
0: Hey, I mean, look at it. it worked out for Becky when she got fucking her face busted up. Yep. I mean, it's a, it's a badge of honor to wear for a little while.
2: Yeah, exactly. He like,
0: like yeah, it hurts like a bitch. I'll, I'll pass. Yeah. It does.
1: Yeah. It does. Um,
2: <laughs> last thing. What did you guys, the way they brought Cody back, uh, you know, and, and I know we've joked around now, Patrick and I joked around about the whole, and I said yesterday with Kyle that what I love that WWE does is they, they let enough bullshit information leak out to, do this misdirection where people start to second guess everything that they already know. And they're great at that. They've been doing that for years. Uh, When they finally brought Cody back, it was just, you know, it's, it's, it's Cody Rhodes from AEW. They didn't screw around. They didn't swerve you. They didn't tease you. They just, here you go. And people lost their damn minds. And they probably had arguably what second, third best match of the weekend. I think once they actually got down to it, Um, what'd you guys think of Cody coming back the way that he did? on that stage and, and and the match he had with Seth
1: um all I feel about that is that uh and normally, I'm not exactly in that same this boat, but Cody needs to be put into the heavyweight title picture right off the bat, and I know you don't you know people might not see that, but the reason why i I say this is because of the fact that he was with a e w And you need to highlight the fact that, look, we have one of AEW's uh, uh, former top stars. In fact, we have one of their creators now. And you put him in the tighter picture, whether or not you you, you, you have a long story with Reigns or uh, you job him out right away. You just need to put him in that heavyweight contention scene right off the bat. Because people know who Cody Rhodes is. They don't need to kind of give him that jobber like squash match treatment. Uh, you need to give him the the main event picture right off the bat. That's how I feel.
2: PC?
0: I, I disagree. I don't think Vince cares that it's AEW's whoever for AEW. I think it's more or less, you know, the Cody who used to wrestle for him is now back with him. I think he knows that and, you know, he's tend to say on the McAfee show, even the thing is, you know, he may not know a lot about something, but if it works, he's going to do it. And that worked over there. So they're going with that Cody Rhodes, right?
1: So why wouldn't you put him in the main, uh,
0: in the main event? Because, because here's my one thinking, how long is the list of candidates to, to eventually be the person to beat Roman Reigns? Very small. Cody Rhodes is on that list of candidates, in my opinion. And if they can hold him out with big storylines up until around Survivor Series, let him win the Royal Rumble. Have him be the one to take the belt from Roman Reigns. Yeah, he's got to be somebody. It's got to be somebody that's going to benefit from it.
2: He's got to be awesome.
0: And then somebody. And then because somebody could argue with me and go, "Well, Brock Lesnar didn't necessarily need to beat the Undertaker streak." No, but. Brock Lesnar paid that forward by making everybody else he worked with after that being the fact that he was basically the new undertaker after that.
2: Well, a couple of things. I think Cody odds on favorite to win the Royal rumble already right now. I'd say at this point in time, if you really think about it early on, but I do, I do like, like what Aesop is I mean, saying.
0: Think about, think about the storyline. The bloodline is all about family. Cody Rose just made that, that, that promo on raw, right? Yeah. right after WrestleMania, I'm in a sure. family. Like, that's it. And you, bring, in you, du- bring in Dustin. Bring in, bring in his wife.
2: Bring in, QT, in
0: bring in QT Marshall. Oh my God, no, they're, not they're not bringing QT in ASOP. Uh, I'm just stop. kidding. That
1: was a joke. The last one <laughs> um, was
2: a joke. So they're not
1: bringing in either one of them.
2: Here's the thing that Aesop might have a point, though, is that the novelty of Cody might wear off pretty quick. And and if you don't take advantage of that, there is the risk that you'll get the same reaction like in AEW. He was super popular. And then everybody turned against him and just got sick of him you could get the same reaction if you don't do something. I think you guys are both right. It really depends on how they build him to get him to the point where he's taken on Roman. Tony, you just mentioned it and this is how we're going to close candidates who could end the reign of the tribal chief, the head of the table, the one God mode. this guy is on a different level entirely. And whatever happened with Brock, whether he got hurt and they cut the match short because of that who gives a shit, he was going to win anyway. And that's clear. Who is there anybody on the roster right now who you look at and say that should be the guy to end this and 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 be the guy to get that massive push Cody. <laughs> if... I, I mean, Aesop, you tell me, I mean, I think there's
0: a few other people there, but I mean, I can't really uh I if 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 Braun Breaker takes off, but I, I mean, he's just not he's when he comes up to the main roster He's going to have the energy, he's going to have the Steiner blood and everything else in presentation, but he's, he's, he's not going to be as big as Roman Reigns. He's not as big as you think he is.
2: What about Gunther slash Walter?
0: Yeah, what about Butch slash Pete Dunne? Oh, I mean, geez. let's get the fuck over this shit.
2: <laughs> Aesop, you got anybody other than Cody who jumps to mind as far as somebody who should we, who should we be watching as a potential to dethrone Roman?
1: Uh, first thing you got to think of is you're going to have some type of, uh, fighting within the family. Um, so one of the Usos, if not both of the Usos, tell me that's not a fun main event is a triple threat between the Usos and, and Roman Reigns. I think that's fun. Um, yeah. Another person that yeah, you wonder about, uh, coming back at some point is the rock, And I, as much as I don't want to see that nostalgia, um, you know, WWE loves nostalgia. Is that, oh man. Yeah. Yeah. Is is that Royal rumble? Maybe
0: like rock interferes at, at comes out at, uh, he comes out to help, comes out to help Roman win at survivor series. And then the Roman goes, how you know? Instead of like the the whole, then then they come out the next week on R SmackDown, and it's like the, their whole reunion, and Roman's mad at him because he didn't need the help or something like that.
1: Here's my thought: you keep Cody in the uh, title picture. I, I don't know. You could still, still see on.
0: Rock and Roman at Matthew Mania next year. That was my prediction all along. I can't jump ship now. Yeah, uh,
1: you think about uh, you you keep Cody in the title picture going into Survivor Series, maybe at Survivor Series, you know, whatever. Uh, So you fill in with, you know, some more Brock Lesnar, maybe some more uh, Drew McIntyre, maybe that, like I said, some of the Usos there. Cody is in that fray the entire time, but is getting screwed over. Gets a shot at Survivor Series, gets royally screwed, takes off those next two months comes back at Royal rumble wins it and goes into WrestleMania to to take on Roman. That to me is how you book Cody Rhodes for this. You strike while the iron's hot. You don't necessarily give him that title uh, attempt right off the bat, but you are constantly teasing it. And you have that family versus family aspect. Like you, like you said, it's right there. And you can use that to kind of bridge the gap between uh, his first title shot uh, and the Royal Rumble win.
2: Well, I think you got a good point. When you look at the big moments like the last decade, right? Daniel Bryan getting screwed over repeatedly until he got to the WrestleMania 30. Kofi getting screwed over repeatedly until WrestleMania 35. Cody gets screwed over repeatedly until Hollywood as long as you can make him a sympathetic character and get the fans to rally behind wanting him to break through, it works. And then you get that big WrestleMania moment. And yeah, Cody being the guy to dethrone Roman. Sure. I mean, unless, unless some of these other younger guys come along quicker than we're expecting, like the Braun breakers, like Gunther, like, I don't know, or Gable Stevenson. I mean, he might be the guy that they strap the rocket to, but we'll see, man. We'll see. Good stuff, guys. I'm, I'm throwing first
1: feud is Kevin Owens.
2: Yeah, that'd be good. That'd be eh, you know, we I I'd like to see that again. Kev K.O. gave him a Perfect. hell of a run when that first started. Oh, you mean Cody?
0: I don't know. Yeah, you, man. Cody. Okay. Oh, for Cody? Cody versus possible.
2: KO. Yeah, they had that dark match last week and that was that was good. Well, good stuff, guys. I'm glad I got a chance to talk WrestleMania with you two guys because you are two of the most knowledgeable wrestling fans that I know. including me to some extent a little bit maybe a little bit put your
1: shirt down yeah put your
2: shirt back on tony (laughs) jesus fucking blinding in here man uh feel these nipples anyway guys thank you so much that's gonna do it for this episode of bandwagon nerds episode 126 let people know where can they check you out on the social media interwebs and all that kind of stuff let's kick it over to the one and only aesop mitchell first
1: Sure, you can find me on Twitter. I have two different Twitter accounts. Uh, at Violent Aesop, A-E-S-O-P. Uh, you can also find me at Dave and Cudahy. You choose which one uh, you want to message. Either way, you're going to get uh, something offensive right back at you, I think. Uh, also, listen every week to my show with my brother, Down the Wire. It's a fantastic podcast. We've got some good stuff coming up. Uh, yeah, Down the Wire. We talk professional sports in unprofessional
2: ways. Speaking of offensive, man, next weekend's going to be a fun show. Easter Sunday, two Jews are going to be hosting this bad boy because uh, everybody else is going to actually be celebrating this thing. But, oh, Tony, uh, <laughs> we might have to do that. Yeah, that'd be a good time to have the video debut of Bandwagon Nerds, Tony. Easter <laughs> Sunday, two Jews with yarmulkes on and you.
0: No, no, no. I got a better
1: title, Two Jews and a Gentile.
2: It's yes, there. You, I, we've already got it figured if, out. If,
1: if we're not calling the segment Jews around the Nerdosphere, I'm going to be very <laughs> upset. Ah,
2: there you go. I love that, man. That, that might be the winner right there. <laughs> Patrick O'Dowd will not be happy. Well, he won't care. <laughs> He's probably going to be in on that. Tony, hopefully you're going to be here next weekend as well. Where can people check you out on social media?
0: Yeah, I'll be here. Uh you can find me at PC Tony Twitter, and Facebook. Please continue to listen to everything. Chairshot Radio Network, thechairshot.com, Pro dot com forward slash the shot. Check it out.
2: And you can follow me on Twitter at attitudeag, that is at attitude A G G. Facebook.com forward sl- yeah, forward slash, or just a slash. Attitude of aggression. Who cares at this point, right? It's some there's a slash somewhere in there. And remember, kids, the most important lesson of the day don't see morbius until then get out of the basement stay away from morbius get some sun have a good day we will be talking to you guys soon you've been listening to another edition of bandwagon nerds here on the chairshot radio network a part of the chairshot.com vitamin d Like I can scarcely move. It's all right. Just breathe through it. it. gets easier. How long you been doing this? I don't know. It's long,
1: long time. I don't like it. Long time. I don't want it. Can I have my body back? I can't do that right now, Stephen. I'm taking it back.
2: Sorry. You've always managed to keep a wall between us, but something's changed. The one who controls the body has become stronger. The reflections help, but most of the time it'll take all your willpower just to be a fly on the wall. You can't do this. Keeping me trapped in here, you have no right. My whole life, I can't go on a bloody date. I can barely keep a goldfish alive. I lost my job. It's been you. It's always been you. Eating away parts of my life like a parasite. Look, when I am done, when I have repaid my debt, I swear to you, you will never see me or hear from me again. I promise you, we wouldn't be alive if it weren't for Kanchu. And my
0: servitude is the price that I pay.
2: What kind of servitude? The kind that leaves me covered in blood. Yeah, well, that blood is on my hands. You ruin people's lives. Everything you touch, you ruin. You hurt people. You abandoned your wife. You left her stranded. I did not. I am protecting her. You don't know what you're talking about. Yes, you did. I saw. I saw. Kanchu has his eyes on her. He wants her as my replacement, and I'm never going to let that happen. You hear me? You're a liar. I don't Steven, believe you. Don't you. I don't trust anything about. you say. You hurt I'm people. I'm him I'm never going to let you hurt just anyone up, else Jack. ever again. Steven, shut up. Just shut up. Stop. A moment. Steven, shut up. I promise. Shut Shut up. Shut up.